السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته أستاذ هاشم how are you الحمد لله بخير يصف منصور الحمد لله very good very good to be with you it's been a long time indeed yeah we usually meet at speaker's corner <laughs> but today right. we are honored to be here uh, at uh, brother Zishan's uh, studio alhamdulillah uh, so yeah good to see each other I guess alhamdulillah yes we are here in smile to Jannah studio Indeed. Mm. So, what is the plan today, Mansoor? We are going to look at a particular video. Um, it's an interesting one for several reasons. And this is a video I think you would probably remember um, a couple of years ago where you asked a specific question to one of the pastors, a reverend. Mm. The question was quite specific, um, I remember. But the answer that was provided is something that um, we want to analyze. We want to unpack um, the answer that is given to the question that is asked and how one can actually see from, from the way the answer is provided, whether there's been some evasion going on or evading the answer or answering totally a different question that is not even asked. So we will unpack this, inshallah, um, and just wait for it. We'll unpack to show you know, what happens normally, I mean, this is the things that we see normally in Speaker's Corner, I mean, from our experiences. When you ask direct questions, you don't get direct answers often. And the reasons are quite simple, because these questions really something they rock the boat in their faith, um, because the faith is not based on, in our estimation, solid foundations. It's not something based on rational understanding of reality or the truth. So, of course, when questions are raised on issues like these, people are very uncomfortable in directly answering it because by directly answering these questions, um, they expose the weaknesses of their belief and their dogmas. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So without further ado, shall we play the clip? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll refresh my memory as well. Are we it's all ready, brothers and sisters? <laughs> let's play the clip and we'll have our analysis afterwards. Okay. Here it goes. Bismillah. Anyone here? Yes. Give me the microphone, please. Yeah. Hi. Um, quick question with regards to... Okay. Sorry to interrupt there. Do you remember where it's from? Yes. I believe this was a debate which took place a couple of years ago, perhaps 2018, um, between Ustad Adnan Rashid and Reverend Samuel Green. And uh, I think you were there as well. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> you can see me... In oh, the yeah, picture there you are. Next, next to you. To me. Exactly. So here you are asking a question. So I want everyone, uh, our brothers and sisters, just you know, hear carefully, just listen to it carefully. What's the question that is asked? Jesus, when he was a human being during his ministry, uh, we know he did many things as a human. He ate as a human, he basically um, went to worship, he prayed to God as a human being. So when he was praying to God, like the other Jewish people during his time. They also worshipped God and they believed in God. So when Jesus was believing in God, when he said to Mary Magdalene, I go to my God and your God, and also when he prays to God um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he falls on his face and he asks God to take the cup away from me. So all this worship of God and praying to God, how did he perceive God, Jesus Christ himself? Did he see God as a trinity? Or did he worship like the rest of the Jews as a Unitarian God. Right. So this is our pastor, 
our reverend who's going to answer the questions. Now, I hope every one of you have so far followed uh, the question that yeah. Ustad Hashim asked. Um, what was going on in your mind when you're trying to ask these questions? Obviously, this, this, is, uh, this is a question that happened after the yeah. debate. So this is during the Q&A session. Um, I mean, obviously, this question is something that was formulated uh, during the debates that I have at Speaker's Corner. And uh, I might have phrased it differently at Speaker's Corner during the debates. So it's a very specific question with regards to uh, Jesus Christ during his time, during his ministry, how did he worship God? And what did, when he's worshiping God, what did he, um, how did he perceive God as? Whether he believed like the rest of the Jews or something different, like uh, a, a new form of um, worship towards God Almighty than the the Jews of his time. Okay, so every time we ask questions, of course, questions are asked for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons we ask questions is to understand an answer, is to know something. So I may be asking you a question to know something, to learn something which mm -hmm. I don't know. Other times, it may be that I'm asking you a question to see whether you understand the subject matter. Like when a teacher asks students a question, to see whether the students are able to answer these questions in the way they would expect them to answer, whether they have actually yeah. understood it. What was going in your mind in terms of what was the reason that you were asking this question, what you were trying to achieve? I mean, I wanted to know whether he believed as Jesus believed. Yes, so his belief, he claims that he follows Jesus, that he's a follower of Christ. He's a Christian. A Christian who follows Jesus should know how about Jesus, about so he can follow in his footsteps. So, for example, if somebody asks the Muslims, "How do you pray?" Yes, and the Prophet ﷺ for us is a role model, and he told us, "Prayers you have seen me pray." Yes, prayers you have seen me pray. So this is the Hadith of the Prophet and it's quite specific. Yeah, so the Prophet ﷺ tells us who is a role model, and. As a Muslim, I assume that your role model being Jesus Christ, you would follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. So this is what I wanted to ascertain from this question, whether he follows Jesus Christ in his mm. practice, specifically in the worship of God Almighty, mm. which is the ultimate goal for all religions, yeah, to seek salvation, to do it in the correct way, whether you are following the very person you claim to be following. Do you know what I thought the intent behind the question was. I think this was a very powerful question that you've asked. Mm -hmm. um, because as you can see, I was next to you sitting. Um, I was actually, if I remember correctly, I wanted to have this links seen to others where they can actually see it. Is it a WhatsApp or something? I remember. They can follow um, um, the answers to the question at the same time. What was going in my mind, if I remember correctly, that this question is is really something that will demonstrate the the core foundations of of christian faith in terms of who god is because you are asking about what or who did jesus christ worship yeah. remember jesus christ is uh, brothers and sisters those of you who are following um, this comparative religion Christians believe jesus christ is the son of god and of course a faction of them believe he is god as well um, so you don't expect 
God to worship someone else, right? Because God is the one who is worshipped by everyone else. So when you are asking this question, who did Jesus Christ worship? It's something, you know, very powerful um, message going out because people who are going to listen to this question, whether you are Christian or not, you, you, you need to really reflect and ask yourself, why would Jesus Christ worship someone else? Because he, he, he is part of this Trinitarian Godhead, a member of the Trinity or a person of the Trinity in which he's God himself as understood by the Christians. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make any sense that he would worship someone because he's the one who should be worshipped. So when you formulated your question, that who did he worship, that will really bring about several things that Jesus cannot be God because God doesn't worship God, that there is someone else who is worthy of worship that Jesus Christ actually worshipped. And that's what you're trying to demonstrate from the pastor himself, perhaps to give his um, statements of belief based on the Bible or quote a biblical passage from there. Yeah. And when you included about, you know, was he Unitarian or not? Because there isn't anything about the Holy Spirit uh, in the equation. Yeah. So I thought this was going to show really who indeed Jesus Christ had worshipped and whether this is the God that Christians should be worshipping. So actually, let's see the answer. Yeah. I mean, this is where, where it gets interesting. I would say both. I would, so our, the understanding is that we are unable to save ourselves and God has come to us to, to live the perfect human life to save us. And so Jesus lives the full human life. And so he, he's born, he learns, he, uh, he, he prays, he eats, as you were pointing out. When Jesus is doing that, he is, uh, when he's praying, he is praying to God the Father as, as the Son, as the Divine Son. So what we have is that uh, the, the broader principle is that God's actions into this world are from the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. And when God is acting from the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit, in creating, the, the Son is as the Word of God bringing life, and the Son is life, and that's how the Father works, through the Son, uh, as the Word of God. In the incarnation, we have Jesus as a man, God working through the Son as a man. And so we have Jesus expressing his relationship to his Father as a man. So you agree that he worshipped only the Father? He did not worship a triune God? No, I, I, well, I'm saying that he's worshipping... He, he, as a man, he expresses... Just pause there. Did you notice this? Yeah. He started changing from... I mean, he's, he's basically trying to evade the question with regards to... which was specifically with regards to worship rather than their relationship uh, between as father and son. And I think at the beginning, he also tries to um, demonstrate that Jesus was a man when he was doing that. I mean, to be honest, I made that very clear. The question was, when Jesus was a man, this is whom... Jesus worship or whom did Jesus worship as a question to you which you should be answering rather than telling me what the relationship between the two are and that he's a man at that particular uh, point in uh, in his ministry when he's worshiping a Unitarian God 
and not a Trinitarian God like the way you do. What I noticed is the shift of language, sudden shift. He was just saying, um, Jesus prayed to the Father, and then he suddenly changed. Let's hear this once again. Let's let's go back so everyone understands what is going on there. The Son is life, and that's how the Father works through the Son uh, as the Word of God. In the incarnation, we have Jesus as a man, God working through the Son as a man. And so we have Jesus expressing his relationship to his Father as a man. Expressing his relationship to the Father. Yeah. Your question was directed and it was quite clear. Who did he worship? Did he worship? Right? The question is about worship, not about expressions of relationship. Yeah. Okay, let's carry on. So you agree that he worshipped only the Father? So I bring him back to the point which he tried to wait. Did just to he make sure. <laughs> worship? Yes. And let's let's hear the response again. And this is what you see, my brothers and sisters. Um, quite typical. I mean, from from the Christian reverends and pastors to those who are evangelicals, they will shift because they know by by answering question in that way, it really you know gives them. It puts them in a corner. Uh, yeah. Way. <laughs> Not worship a triune God. No. I, I'm, well, I'm saying that he's worshiping. He. he did, did you notice the shift? That's what we're talking about. He was worshipping and then he's now saying something now. Yeah. As a man, he expresses his relationship to expresses God his relationship. As a man. And so that's what it looks like. So only God the Father. He's, yes, and so he is praying to God the Father, yes. So he's a Unitarian. Sorry, so... He's a Unitarian. Now, those of you who are watching and, and listening, Hashim's, Hashim's question was quite clear. That he, was, he, was he a Unitarian? So he's a Unitarian. Now, if you look at Pastor's reaction, he's heard this question. It's like he he's understood this yeah. question. He's quite, he's clearly understood it. Yeah. Because Jesus is worshipping the Father. Where is the Holy Spirit? Where is this? Where is the Son? Yeah. So why is he repeating the question? And he did not believe in a triune God. So he did not worship no. the Holy Spirit no, and the Lord. Father and the, sorry, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as a triune God. In order to say that, I'd have to say that Jesus denied his own divinity. To acknowledge the Father's divinity does not deny his own. Thank you. That wasn't the question. Right. Hijab had to take Hijab. the mic away. <laughs> Hijab to the rescue. Yeah. Now, now, I find that interesting for several reasons. Um, questions are often asked directly to elicit a direct response so that it becomes clear what the question is trying to achieve. Is Jesus worshipping the Father only or is he worshipping the Holy Spirit and the Son? Why would Jesus worship in the first place? If he's God on earth, why would he worship anyone in the yeah. first place? Isn't that the question that um, should come to people's mind in the first place? Yeah. And if the Holy Spirit is part of God, okay, I take back what I say. If the Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinitarian Godhead, Shouldn't the Holy Spirit be also worshipped? So where does Jesus say or teach or preach that you worship the Holy Spirit? I mean, if you're a God, by definition, you should be worthy of worship. Do you think that they have different concepts of God within the Trinitarian persons? Are they one greater than the other? Are they one more divine than the other? 
Well, clearly from reading the different gospels and the different passages in the in the New Testament, we we know that God the Father is the one who is who has the ultimate authority, and um, even after the ascension, uh, after the ascension of uh, Jesus Christ, Paul maintains that the head of Christ is God. This is in First Corinthians, chapter eleven, verse number three. And we see throughout even Jesus Christ when he was praying, he's praying only to the Father. Like when he, um, before the alleged crucifixion. He falls on his forehead in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays to only God the Father and not to anyone else from the triune beings, from the triune being, the, the three persons uh, as the, the, the Trinitarian doctrine uh, demands. So what we see clearly is that the Father is the one who is always in authority of both Jesus Christ and uh, the Holy Spirit as well. So in terms of authority, in terms of um, the one who who gives orders or commands and the others follow and submit to those commands is clearly showing us who is in charge and who is God Almighty. So even in the New Testament then, in the Christian scripture, it's quite clear the person who is believed to be God's son, Jesus Christ, Isa mm -hmm. um, in, in our tradition, um, He's demonstrating the one who is worthy of worship is who he calls Father. Isn't that the case when he gave them the Lord's Prayer? He says, O oh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, and so on and so forth. I'm just paraphrasing. Because he is demonstrating the one worthy of worship, the one that people should worship, is the one in heaven, not one who's come on earth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, Jesus claims that this kingdom is not of mine, is of the one who sent me. And um, we have several passages where Jesus says, I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I obey in John 530. Yes. So we have several different passages where Jesus uh, in no uncertain terms demonstrates to anyone who knows him that he worshipped God and his God is only a unipersonal God and that is according to John 2017 where he communicates with Mary Magdalene um, that he is going to his father he says I go to my father and your father and my God and your God wait so, wait wait did he say he's going to his God yes so a clear verse like this in the Bible where Jesus is openly stating that he has a God that he's going to yeah and yet our Christian brothers and sisters around the world read this verse and don't get the message yeah. that he is saying, I have a God I'm going to. And in fact, he, he doesn't claim some sort of a monopoly that this father is only his father. Mm. He says, my father and your father, meaning my father is and your father is the same. And then he says in the very uh, joining passage that I go to my God and your God. So not only Jesus is claiming that he has a God, but he's saying that God that he worships and the one that he acknowledges as God Almighty is, is something that is common to all of us, means his brethren, his, uh, the people who are the, the Jewish people uh, amongst whom he, he lived. And he says uh, the message to 
whom he was delivering. But but did he not say that um, you should know that your God, our God, is a triune God? Isn't that the Shema he preached? I mean, obviously, if there is a triune God, if God gave message to him to deliver to the people, he would make it absolutely clear without any confusion. So I'm sure he said something like, um, Hear Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is a triune God. Absolutely not. In fact, this Shema that he repeated from Moses in Deuteronomy 6.4 is almost identical in Mark 12.29 where he says, Hear Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. So this one is not of one family of God or one team of God or something like that. This is one unipersonal God. How do we know this? Yes, because Jesus says explicitly in John chapter 17 verse number 3 that this is eternal life that they, that we may that we uh, that you may know this is eternal life that they may know you the father the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent so he makes a clear distinction between only one person the father mm. being the only true god and the other person is jesus the christ the messiah not God. The one who was sent. Yes, the one who was sent by his God. It's interesting, uh, brothers and sisters, if you notice something, you see the Shahada right there. There is one true God. There's no other God besides God. La ilaha illallah. Yeah. And the one who is sent is Christ. So Isa is Rasulullah. the Rasulullah yeah. at his time. This is the Shahada that he's clearly, you know, explicit terms describing the people. Now, he said the only true God is the Father. So, if you are the only true God, then the Holy Spirit cannot be true God because it's, it's already excluding everyone else by Absolutely. using the word only. Yeah. Isn't there something, a passage like this, where this word only is used, God so loved the world that he sent his yeah. John 3.16 only begotten son? So only does mean only, right? Yeah. Okay. So if if it's exclusive. Exclusive. So if Jesus himself said the only true God is the Father, there cannot be anyone else. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And Jesus said this quite explicitly. It wasn't like he was being ambiguous or not clear about it. In John seventeen three you cannot have it any more clear. And so there's two places I've already demonstrated where he says that he has a God. In John twenty seventeen and John 17:3, yes. And there are other passages where he says that, uh, uh, the, I mean, where he, where he says that uh, I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I obey. So he's, he's not only showing that he has a God, but he's dependent on that God as well. Right. So as we have demonstrated, brothers and sisters, um, those of you who are watching, when we look at the the Christian scripture itself, rather than what our pastors and our reverends tell us in public debates like this or elsewhere um, it's a different story altogether when we read the very statements of Christ he's identifying without any shadow of doubt that he is not God mm -hmm. because he's the one who's worshipping someone else I mean you won't find God is saying you know what are you people um, I'm gonna worship my God one second and, and then tells the people worship me I mean who on earth will worship someone who worships someone else. Yeah. Does it even make sense for those who 
God has endowed with sound intellect and rationality uh, and, and a pure heart to worship a being who worships someone else. So when Jesus Christ was asking his disciples, you wait here while I go and pray. So he went to Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. He fell down on his knees, his forehead on the ground, and he was worshiping God. If the Christians saw this, is it difficult to see this? Aren't the Muslims doing the same thing today? Yeah. yeah. So, so when, yeah. The, when the Christians see a Muslim praying, they should picture that this is what Christ was doing. If they saw Jesus Christ doing this prostration and worshipping God, would they or should they take him as God Almighty, the one who is one who should be worshipped? And that is the reason we do not see a single apostle or any followers of Jesus Christ ever claiming or worshipping Jesus as God Almighty. None of them did that. As God Almighty, never. Yes, what he can say is that some of them might have alluded to like a lesser God or something like that. But even then, like I said, Paul himself said the head of Christ is God and this was after his ascension. So those Christians who say, oh, during his humanity, during when he was a human being, during his ministry, yes, he worshipped God, which is quite normal because he cannot be an atheist, obviously. He was sent by God. He represented God on earth. Yes. And he was a Messiah of God. Yes. So he cannot be an atheist. He cannot be someone without worshipping God. So he has to worship God. But then what they forgot to tell us is that according to the uh, hypostatic union and the doctrine of the church, which teaches us that Jesus is not just a human, was not just a human during his ministry, but he was both human, fully human and fully God. So in their own words, they claim that Jesus was 100% man, 100% God. Now, what we see when, when someone would have seen Jesus praying, like you demonstrated in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, with his forehead on the ground, would you say that this 100% man and 100% God is praying to another God? Because obviously, they also say that the Son is not the Father. So if the Son is fully God, then we have the Father as fully God as well. And then the Holy Spirit as fully God. So one fully God is praying and worshipping another fully God. So the question arises, does God have a God? Very interesting. Um, let's leave there and just summarize what you've done so far. Um, we've looked at a question in a public debate between Ustad Adnan Rashid and this pastor reverend called Samuel Green. And you asked an interesting question, but who did Christ worship? Was he Unitarian? Did he worship other than the Father? And what we learned from the response provided by the reverend is number one, uh, dodge the question or evade the question because it's not going to help the audience or the Christian uh, believers in, in the Christian faith because it might lead them to believe that uh, God worships another God. And we demonstrated this by pausing at when he was answering the question. He changed and shifted the wordings, realizing that it's not going to help him. Instead of saying, Jesus worshipped, he immediately paused there and, and 
started saying he expressed his relationship with the father yeah. i mean when i say i express my relationship with um someone it doesn't mean that i'm worshiping someone does it it doesn't automatically mean that yeah. um so that's where they change the meaning of the words and in fact this is exactly what you would expect them to do when it comes to the idea of God being more than one because if God ultimately father is worthy of worship and the son isn't then you you must have two concepts of divinity one is higher than the other but the question my brothers and sisters and we want to ask um, and you to reflect on is this in Islam we believe the only being worthy of worship is the one who's perfect is the one who is absolute the one who is self-sufficient the one who is independent, the one who is one and only, the one who is independent of any needs and everyone is dependent on him, the one who is not born, the one who doesn't give birth to any children, the one who doesn't have family or lineage, the one who doesn't have any likenesses or co comparisons or co-equal unto him. And if you've noticed, this is precisely what Surah Al-Ikhlas, Surah number 112 of the Quran teaches us about Allah, our Creator, our Lord, our Sustainer, that He is a samad He is a samad He's the one who's independent of all. If you're independent of all, you will have to be perfect because there will be no imperfections. You would not be dependent on anyone for anything. If we find in questions like this, someone worships someone else, they're dependent on that being. Because when you worship, when you pray, what do you do? You are humbling yourself, you're requesting something, you are asking for help or sustenance or anything to, to help you, to, to provide you something that you don't have. So when Christ is asking for that, automatically demonstrates that he cannot be God in any form, way or shape. Right? So we would like to invite our friends who may be Christians or in the Christian faith tradition, please reflect on this. Please reflect on the tradition that has been passed over to you over the generations from your parents. If you just believe in what your parents say, then everyone would have believed in their own forefathers' belief, whether they're Hindus or Buddhists or pagan worshippers. You would not come to know what the truth is. So to know the truth examine your own faith question reflect on these and compare this with the islamic teaching which goes hand in hand along with the teaching of christ as well as the teaching of all the prophets that are mentioned in your scripture the old testament prophet moses prophet abraham and so on so we we really humbly ask you to reflect on this and come to the realization that the only one being who is worthy of worship is none other than who is perfect and the perfect being is who the god of Christ Jesus and all the prophets and everyone so yes I think what we need to look at it is not what the church teaches or what the pastors teach I mean look at the very message that was given in the in the Gospels by Jesus Christ himself like the the passages which I quoted from John 17 3 John 20 17 John 5 38 1 Corinthians 11 3 in the, in the um, what, what Paul wrote even after the ascension of Jesus Christ so all of this so even after he had ascended to to heaven Jesus Christ is not the one who is in full authority he has someone who is of higher authority and Paul calls that entity God and because you claim to be a, a monotheist 
you claim that there is only one God, then the question remains, who is that one God who is the God of Jesus Christ when Jesus during his ministry acknowledges that he says God? Yes, when Paul, after the ascension of Jesus Christ, acknowledges that is the God of Jesus Christ. So the question you need to ask is, who was that God whom Jesus acknowledges and Paul acknowledges as the God of Jesus Christ himself? And that is none other than whom the Jewish people in Hebrew refer to or give a title to as the Father. Now the Father, obviously, we know the Father is not the biological father that we are talking about, but is God Almighty. This is just a title, yes? Whom we call Allah, whom the Arab Christians call Allah, whom the Arab Jews call Allah, yes? Whom Jesus would have called in his language, Aramaic, as Allah, yes? And the Jewish people in the Old Testament uses the words like Elohim, Elohim, yes? And Jesus, when he was on the cross, according to the Bible, Yes, he says, Elahi, Elahi, Kama, sorry, Lama Lama Sabakhtani. This is the Aramaic, yes. Again, the term Elahi, yes, it doesn't have uh, anything other than saying, my God, sorry, it doesn't uh, translate to uh, anything other than, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Now, the question I would ask is, would anyone who has complete faith in God Almighty, yes? In fact, the Son of God, according to their claim, would he ever say that his God abandoned him? Interesting question, but this is a question to be answered on another show. So um, thank you for watching and being with us. Inshallah, we hope that you have learned something today and that will benefit you and it will empower you to discuss these questions with our Christian friends um, and take this forward to demonstrate that the belief in the Tawheed or oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is only available in clear crystal clear form in the Quran and the remnants are only discoverable in the Bible so our Christian friends need to come to the Quran to find and rediscover the truth of reality. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.